Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I am Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going down. Boom, I'm laying it down right now. Wow, wow. You know what? That sneak attack there is not fair. But here's the deal. We're going to win. It's going to be fine. I'll still be your friend in the end. Like, don't even worry. That is true. Uh, You and I will still be friends. If you guys have no idea what in the world we're talking about, um, I'm in Oregon. Bonnie is in Oklahoma City, as we just established. The Oklahoma City Thunder got the sixth seed in the West in the NBA. The Portland Trailblazers, the team that I work for and represent and, you know, cheer for, they got the third seed in the West. And so we're playing each other in the playoffs. Matter of fact, as we're taping this game, we're now about 25 minutes away from tip-off of game one uh, taking place here in Portland. I'm obviously not at the game today. Um, I will probably be at the game on Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, I know. Uh, It's called dedication, right? I'm dedicated to making sure this podcast happens on time, and uh, if I have to miss a Blazer playoff game, well, I'm going to miss a Blazer playoff game, but hey, it doesn't matter. I'm going to watch them win on TV. Right. Same. I'm probably going to be at the one here on Friday, though. Like, Good. Uh, I hope so. It's, it's going to go down. So That is awesome. Well, we will get into the Blazer Thunder here in just a little bit, but Bonnie, it's been a pretty active week. Uh, we had another bomb cyclone, and we'll get into that. Flooding is still an issue. We'll definitely get into that. But I think the big story, especially the, over the last 24 to 48 hours, is a uh, a tornado outbreak, a severe storm outbreak that's taken place in the Southern Plains and into Dixie Alley. Um, and, you know, is pretty well forecasted out. I know that we were talking about this uh, several days in advance. And just looking at the stats from the Storm Prediction Center, 18 confirmed tornadoes yesterday in Dixie Alley and, you know, through 12, 12 o'clock Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. As we're taping this, uh, a couple already tornado warnings today, uh, continuing with the same storm system as it makes its way to the east. But uh, hey, Bonnie, uh, we are definitely into uh, storm season. Yep, it is kicking off with a bang. And, it you know, it started off really early yesterday, too, like early in the morning in Texas. So, I mean, it's been going strong for a couple of days. And this same storm system gave us a bunch of rain, but we didn't get any storms whatsoever. But, I mean, watching all of that, on Twitter and TV and everything yesterday, like it just got crazier and crazier as the day went on. Right. And we know, I believe two confirmed uh, fatalities and unfortunately they were children. And, you know, you and I never want to ever see any fatalities with severe storms or tornadoes, but when it's children, it just kind of hurts a little bit more. It's, uh, it's, it's honestly really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's just people who, I'm sure we're doing everything that they could with the with what they had with their structure that they were in and trying to stay safe as best they could. And I mean, sometimes Mother Nature wins, and that's just always the saddest thing to have to report on. It, it really is, and like we said, multiple supercells, uh, 18 confirmed tornadoes, many more probably unconfirmed. Uh, gosh, a lot, a lot of tornado warnings yesterday. Uh, in places that had seen it, I know around Yazoo City, uh, again, every time I see a tornado, you know, in that region, I just think of 
Reed Timmer and then, you know, the horrific scenes that he saw when, you know, Yazoo was hit several years ago. Um, same thing comes along the lines of anything around uh, the University of Alabama campus. So a lot of strong storms and luckily, you know, it didn't look like there was some damage, but hopefully not a lot. The National Weather Service and those guys are still out doing their storm assessment, so we'll get that information probably later today or tomorrow. Uh, Baseball-sized hail, um, mm -hmm. a lot of wind, a lot of rain, and, you know, like we said, it started in Texas, moved into Dixie Alley, and then now it's moving through the Deep South. Uh, we'll eventually move out into the Atlantic um, and up the coast here pretty quick. But, Bunny, I wanted to get into this real quick. You know, we talk about storm chasing in the Midwest a lot, and... You know, it, it's really prime territory for it, right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of obstruction, uh, pretty flat, some rolling hills, but you still have a pretty good view of the horizon. However, a majority of these storms were in Dixie Alley, and, you know, I see a lot of chasers are really, really hesitant to go chase this area because it's not like the Midwest. <clears throat> it's forested. There are a lot of hills. You generally don't see the horizon, and... You know, a storm can basically pop up out of nowhere. And I think really the, you know, the dangers of having to chase in an area like this outweigh the benefits of, you know, basically storm chasing. Absolutely. I would completely agree with that, that if you are, you know, it, you can't see it. One, you can't see it. So you're not even getting anything on film or getting to see anything with your own eyes anyways. But you know, you're running the a higher risk of getting yourself hurt or worse. And honestly, it's something I haven't a hundred percent thought of because I've grown up in Oklahoma and any storm chasing I see, or the one time I've done it, you know, it's, it's flat and there's not, you know, I just, so it's just never occurred to me like, wow, there are some places that have all these forests and hills and mountains and all kinds of different land formations that we just don't have here. Cause we just, you know, it's a boring flat old Oklahoma. So it's just, I wouldn't want to do that, you know, and to get trapped somewhere and, you know, come, come around a corner or come up over a hill and, you know, the tornado's right there because you haven't been able to see it until just then, like that would just be the worst and then have nowhere to go. So yeah, that's, I saw a lot of people tweeting about that Friday night, early Saturday, warning people. Some people are saying, I don't even think I'm going to do it because there's, it's just not worth it. So, and then then throw in the storm tracer traffic at the same time. Right. So it's just a lot of scary variables at once. And, you know, we talk about on the show and we've talked about it uh, with other people and you hear it, like you said, through, you know, social media and other chasers, the risk is there. I mean, it's, it's inherent anyways. I mean, you're chasing after a, a severe storm, you know, either a supercell or a tornado that's dangerous in and of itself. But when you start to add in other elements, you really start to feel kind of boxed in. And I don't know about you. I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling when I'm driving in traffic. I don't like that feeling if I'm in a building with a lot of people and there's not really an escape route. So I don't know if I necessarily want to add that increased risk to, you know, an already dangerous event. You know, and it just for me, it, it's really scary. I don't I don't you know, think I'd ever want to chase in that area especially if I know that they're going to be long-form tornadoes, long-track tornadoes, um, 
multiple supercells. Like it's different if you know it's yeah. going to be isolated supercells here and there. But when you know it's going to be multiple in a line, you know, like there's just it's like you said, there's way more negative variables than than positive, and so it just it really does make it not worth it. Right, and we talked about thunderstorms moving through Dixie Alley now into the deep south. Well, this is Masters Week, so those of you that are fans of golf, obviously you have followed along, and I won't, you know, there's no spoiler in saying that Tiger Woods just won today, and, you know, we're wrapping up here about an hour after he uh, won his fifth green jacket at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. But the story today with the Masters was early tee times, and instead of pairing off in twos, they were going to pair off in threes, and... Um, you know, they're going off of the first tee and the 10th tee to try and get this in because, again, we had known that weather was going to be nasty. It had been forecasted for several days, even starting back as far as last Monday. They started saying, hey, we need to probably keep an eye on this. And then we saw what, you know, occurred late Friday through Texas. And then, of course, yesterday, Eastern Texas through Dixie Alley. And they made the call last night that, hey, we're going to try and get the tournament in early. And they did. And by the time that, you know, Tiger walked off 18th, uh, just about 3 o'clock Eastern, that's when the storm started to pop. Uh, I was telling you this before we started taping. Right as he's making the last putt, boom, a tornado warning pops up for just outside of Augusta. And so they canceled the outside uh, public presentation of the green jacket where they go through and they thank everybody. And they do the little, you know, it's uh, you know kind of a PR event. And it's great. If you know anything about golf and the Masters, it's the time where the the golf club thanks everybody for coming and you know you put the the jacket on your champion and takes a lot of photos and he talks and it's great well because weather is so nasty and the chances of a severe weather coming through they canceled that last night so they did the tv presentation boom they're already off the air but storms are now moving through uh like i said severe thunderstorm warning popped uh, about an hour and a half ago just on the outside of the uh, columbia south carolina uh weather area so there I'm, I'm losing my mind here all of a sudden anyways columbia south carolina oversees parts of eastern georgia and that includes augusta national so severe thunderstorms warning went up they issued a tornado watch uh just about you know an hour before the tournament ended so again you knew that they had to do the right thing and get the thing in but thankfully they got everything in because it would have really been bad to have to come back tomorrow but thankfully everything was taken care of today yeah and that's good that's you know, that's good emergency management right there is, it is. is being proactive, still being able to have the event that you're wanting to have, but adjusting it that way, you know, it could be completed by the time storms are happening instead of just going on with it and having to scramble right. in the middle of the event to figure out where to take everybody and put everybody. So, and, you know, I will tell you, I don't know anything about golf or golf facilities, but I feel like there wouldn't be a place to go. Not close, right? In the case of a storm. No, and so, I mean, and they had some issues earlier in the week where they had thunderstorms come through through practice rounds, and so they had to basically cancel a day. And as soon as lightning is detected, they fire off an air horn at multiple places around the course, and they tell the patrons, you have to go home now. Like, you can't stay here. And, you know, golf courses are notoriously bad places to be in thunderstorms. You yeah. don't want to ever be around, you know, a single tree or a group of, you know, maybe one or two, three trees because, again, it's a lightning rod. 
So you need yep. to find shelter. And when you're at a golf course, there's not a whole lot of, you know, sturdy buildings out there. And so they have to evacuate everybody. And I will say this. Most golf tournaments in the United States do a really, really good job with keeping up with the forecast. I know that the PGA Tour, uh, they used to and they probably still do, employ a meteorologist that works for the Weather Channel. That oh, is yeah. like their on-site guy. That This is that guy's job. He does weather for golf. Talk about a, a, a cush job. I would right. love to have that. Oh, I'm the forecaster for golf. Okay. So, you know, they they went through and they knew that this was coming. And so, like I said, they made the adjustment last night. They got everything in and it worked out. Um, and it's just, it's really, you know, it's a good thing that they were able to get it in. So, you know, you're not, you're not missing a whole lot by not knowing anything about golf, Bonnie. I will teach you some stuff about golf, but just know that golf is metal clubs and metal clubs and lightning generally do not mix. Right. Yes. And out there in the relatively flat open space, exactly. you are basically the target. So that part I do understand. I understand lightning. I just don't understand golf. So right. there we go. <laughs> well, let's move from severe storms to another bomb cyclone. Uh, right. this, the second one to hit the Midwest in as many months. Uh, this one affected kind of the same area in a line from basically Denver through Minnesota and several feet of snow between Denver and Minnesota. A lot of wind, a lot of rain, some severe storms on the southern component of this. But Bonnie, two bomb cyclones in two months. We thought it was rare, you know, and now two and two pretty much even more rare. You know, it's just it's very active storm season already. And uh I love it. I, you know, just seeing what mother nature does every week, every season, just, you know, showing us up even more and more than we thought, you know, mother nature could. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And you know, you're right. It did get very blizzardy to the North. We got the rain and then the South got the severe storms. And so for it to impact so much of the country at one time in so many different extreme ways is, I mean, completely fascinating to me. And so, Right. I mean, if it's not fascinating to other people, then I don't know what fascinates you because, because come on. <laughs> right. And when, I mean, but when you have a, you know, an event like, you know, what we saw today or what we saw this week and, you know, they're like, okay, well, it's the second one in two months. So, you know, is it really rare? Is it not really rare? We're not, we're not sure. Right. Well, right. I know I, I rack my brain. I'm trying to go through this and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this necessarily happen. Uh, maybe it didn't and just kind of, you know, went under the radar, no pun intended. But just doing some show prep for the show this week, I went through and I found a, a guy named Ryan Mao. I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Mao, R-Y-A-N-M-A-U-E. And he is an atmospheric scientist. Um, he's a meteorologist. And he was studying bomb cyclones. And he has just... Uh, I believe he did his doctorate on, uh, on you know, kind of compiling lists and seeing if they really are, you know, as hyped up as we say they are. And I'm digging through his Twitter account right now. But he went out and he put out this piece of um, this uh, subset of data that he did, like I said, for his doctorate or his master's. And he was updating it um, through 2018 so again the two bomb cyclones that we've had in 2019 aren't included but he wanted to go through and just look at like northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere bomb cyclones and i'm pulling up this graph right now and bonnie apparently in 2015 there were something like 83 or 84 bomb cyclones in the northern hemisphere 
Really? And then you go to 2016 and just up more. And so I was looking at his map that he posts, and I realized real quick, and this makes sense, 90% of them, if not more, are over the ocean. Oh. So, and, you know, you can look at this, and I will retweet this on, I think I retweeted this from the from the weather podcast, uh, our Twitter site. But you'll, you know, begin to quickly see. Off the eastern seaboard, boom, you have it a lot. Uh, off the Pacific Ocean between, you know, Japan and the United States. Again, the, these areas that do intensify pretty quick. Um, I live out here in Oregon. We get bottom cyclones pretty much all the time during the winter. We get a, you know, really intense storm that's going to kick up off the Pacific Ocean. And it's it's one of those things that we just kind of follow and watch. And, okay, it's out of the ocean. doesn't really affect anything. We talked about that, what, two weeks ago. There was a bomb cyclone that kicked up off of the Carolina coast. And, you know, through some so snow. Yeah. Total, right? For yeah. this past two months. So Yeah, so we're looking at three now, right? And so it's just really fascinating to look at this. And everything, a majority of it's out of the ocean. And I even sent him a tweet asking, hey, can you tell me how many have formed over the continental U.S.? He didn't respond. But just looking at this, maybe a half dozen in, you know, 30 years. So not a whole lot, but something still really interesting to get. And you follow him on Twitter. Um, at R-Y-A-N-M-A-U-E, and uh, a fantastic follow. He's big into sports and weather. He's been doing a lot of stuff, um, especially with the Masters, so that was really cool. He's a meteorologist and Ph.D. Uh, he works for weather.us uh, and then is the editor over at um, Polyclimate, which is a great follow on Twitter as well. So if you're into stuff with politics and weather, he is a solid follow as well. So... <laughs> Well, but. so it sounds like they are rare over land. Yes, yeah, exactly. Over land, very rare. Um, out over the ocean, pretty, pretty common. So if you're, you know, telling me that there's eighty, you know, a year or so, that's that's pretty intense. That's, you know, a couple of months basically if you do the average out. So, uh, yeah, definitely rare over the continental United States, and it looks like it's above maybe even the forty-fifth parallel. Or maybe even say above the 40th parallel that these things form. So you don't get them in the mid-latitudes. You get them as you start to, you know, get higher up to, and closer to the poles that things, these things have a tendency to form. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, and the fact that there's 83 a month, that kind of blew my mind. That's so I was right. like, whoa, not rare. But then when you said most of them were over the ocean, that's exactly. why – we don't care, unfortunately, no, it's because it's, it's not it's, really affecting anything over over the ocean. Exactly. And I mean, you know, strong, low pressure areas, they, they kick up a lot of waves. They have some pretty intense wind and they bring rain. But again, it's not affecting a whole lot. You know, maybe some mariners and that's about it. Yeah. Which are important. All you mariners oh, yeah. are definitely important. It's just, you know. <laughs> right. You guys are on boats and ships. We just, you know, it doesn't deal with the general public. But. You know, the second part of the storm is, again, more snow, more rain, and we're still having flooding issues. Up and down the Mississippi River, there are still flood warnings out. Um, it's the problem that doesn't seem to really end. The waters have receded in a lot of places, but there's still a lot of water making its way down the Mississippi River, and the flooding's not over, and it probably won't be over for a couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's just been so much rain over the past several weeks that this water has nowhere to go. It has no ground to soak into, and so that's why the flooding is still an issue. And I mean, we need the rain. I mean, we could always use the rain, but eventually, with we need it to stop for a minute so that we can let that rain go somewhere. Exactly. 
Well, what do you guys have coming up in Oklahoma City this week? Well, we it's going to be in the upper 70s, low 80s pretty much the whole week, so that's going to be really nice. And right now, Wednesday, we have a decent, okay chance for maybe some severe weather in, in literally the eastern half of the state. So Oklahoma City, more is right on the line. But, you know, as we've talked about in past episodes, it, the lines don't really matter. So, right. you know. It could happen here. It could start here. Most likely it will start here and it'll get severe as it moves east is typically how that works. But, you know, so that'll be interesting. We'll see how that changes here throughout the week. But that's pretty much what we've got going on. Other than that, it'll be pretty clear, maybe a little bit windy. I say maybe. It's Oklahoma. It'll be a little bit windy. Right. And, yeah. So I'm I'm excited, though. It'll be good. I like the 80s and I like the severe weather risk. So let's go bring it on. You'll take that. Uh, last week, we talked about flooding out here in Oregon. We're still dealing with that. Uh, the Willamette River is running really high. The cities of Corvallis and Albany down in the Central Valley were hit pretty hard. Um, the Oregon State crew team was not able to practice on the Willamette River. So instead, they went and they rode over the golf course, which was flooded. Wow. So in order to get some practice time in, hey, well, you know, it's flat water. It's not really moving a whole lot over the golf course, so we'll go row on top of it. So they did. Uh, there was a great video of guys taking their boats out over the freeway because, you know what, when you have nothing better to do and you have a speedboat, why not, you know, go up and down the interstate that's <laughs> flooded because that's fun to do. That's so, amazing. Until oh. you hit a tire or something. Oh, exactly. That. Right. You just run across, a you know, an elevated piece of pavement and, you know, you rip out the bottom of your boat and your engine and then – you got to call somebody to come rescue you. But uh, finally, the water's starting to recede a little bit. It's going to be a slow drawdown. Um, pretty nasty flooding in the central Lamette Valley. They're saying probably the worst since 1996, which was our big, you know, last major flood. And that, you know, was preceded by a pretty decent snowfall in the valley, a lot of snow in the mountains, and then a pretty quick warm up with a warm rain on top of it, which had a lot of snow melt. And then a lot of, you know, river water, atmospheric river pointed as the Pineapple Express, just dumping tons and tons of water on top of it. And so 96, we had a really bad flood year. So the water's slowly going to dry down or draw down. We're still looking at rain, um, chance of showers all week. Uh, we finally, we finally get it to dry out on Thursday. There's a chance we get near 70. Okay. I, all right. Well, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Um, <laughs> I think by the time we probably get there, the temperature will be knocked down to about 59 or 60, which I'm still fine with. Just give me the sun and 60. I'm happy. Uh, and then next week we turn around and go much chillier. Um, highs, you know, in the mid 50s with more rain. So we're in that type of uh, the time of year where we really don't get anything until mid-May. And then uh, we dry out for probably a couple of weeks. We have a couple more wet systems. And then the 5th of July is when summer officially kicks off for us here in Oregon. Oh, see, I, I'll tell you, I don't know when our summer starts, but I'm pretty sure it's in June. But I'm I'm telling you, we've got two weeks of April, and then May comes in, and so we'll just see what goes on with May, because it's already been an active severe weather season. So I'm assuming that pattern will continue as the seasons go on. So we'll see what happens in May. I'm pretty excited to see what goes on. Right, and I know that you're dealing with allergies, and I know you can't wait for that season to get over, because it's it's brutal this year. Well, okay, this is my question, and I guess I just don't understand how allergies work, but I thought the rain was supposed to make it better and not worse, and today the the allergy powers that be tell everyone that if you have bad 
tree allergies and something else, mulberry and pollen, I think, that you need to stay yeah. inside as much as possible because they're super high. The levels are super high today. And I'm like, but it just rained for an entire day. Uh, probably just, you know, the rain probably washed the pollen out. And once the water evaporated, the pollen doesn't necessarily go anywhere. So it just basically spread it all over. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Well, great. Because I am miserable over here. I can't breathe. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm used to it. But whatever. But thanks a lot, Rain, for doing nothing. Right. Well, Bonnie, here's the best part. You can stay in and you can watch the Portland Trailblazers beat the Oklahoma City Thunder here in just a couple of minutes and take yes. game one. <laughs> ah, that's so funny. We're going to take game one. Thank you. All right. Give me a score real quick. Cause, uh, tip-off's coming up here in a couple of minutes. And by the time this podcast gets posted, it'll probably be halfway through the second half. But give me a score. What's going to happen in game one? Oh, man. Okay, well, I think the Thunder is going to win. I think it's going to be like 111 to 107. Okay, I like and that. I'll tell you right now, that is the first time I've ever guessed a score for a game ever in my whole life ever. So write it down. And <laughs> 111, 107. Okay, 111 for OKC. And then PDX gets a 107. Okay. I'm going to say the Blazers win game one. And I think it's going to be 93 to 87. Okay. So, right. and then game two comes up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Blazers will win that as well. So they'll head back to see you guys in Oklahoma City up 2-0. Uh, oh. And then we have games three and four next week. So, Bonnie, um, who's your favorite player for the Oklahoma City Thunder? You know, I don't know. I don't want to be that person that says Russell Westbrook because that's obvious. But I really am going to have to go with it's a tie between Stephen Adams and Paul George for two totally different reasons. Like Stephen Adams, very good player, very good player, but he's also very attractive. But then Paul George is just a very good player. So, you know, it's just it's a tie. But, of course, Westbrook's always like, I mean, of course, but – if you had to have one player from Oklahoma City represent you, who would you pick? Uh, Steven Adams. Okay, fair enough. All right. And looking here, I'm just saying that we're 4-0 and against you for the season. Yes, so. you are. You swept the Portland Trailblazers this year. However, we swept you last year. Okay, but that doesn't matter. We're in this year right now. So if we're already 4-0, and then we're about to be 4-0 and again in this series. Okay, so. well, you know, listen, it's the best of seven. you got to win four games. So hopefully the best team wins, the Blazers. Um <laughs> And we'll go from there. I mean, and listen, truth be told, I like Oklahoma City. I have, you know, I, I thought that the, the Oklahoma City community did a great job when, you know, you guys hosted New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And, yes, I was sad to see the Sonics leave Seattle. However, I was really happy to see Oklahoma City get a permanent franchise because I thought you guys deserved it um, because you guys are a hungry basketball market. And uh, you guys treat the team and, you know, the fans are – pretty knowledgeable and you guys uh have a pretty good product so i mean the whole city the whole state gets excited like all of downtown they put up murals and stuff during playoffs my company mid first bank they're the official bank of the oklahoma city thunder and so they put a huge banner down the side of one of their buildings at the corporate location and i think we're going to get to wear like thunder shirts to work on playoff game days and stuff like that so it's going to be good but i've been watching this pregame show while we've been taping this and they've just been talking about how there's always been kind of a an issue between the yeah. thunder and the trailblazers there's always been some sort of like tension for some reason and <laughs> there's there no love one... loss between the two teams 
and I don't know why, though. I don't know what's happened, but there's been some petty things done to each other, and it's it's funny, actually. I'm kind of laughing at some of the stuff that some highlights they've shown, like Trailblazer guy was trying to pick up a ball, and Westbrook kicked it right before he picked yep. it up. And like, it... <laughs> Well, I, I'm just going to tell you this right now. It's going to be a good series. Uh, we're going to wrap it up because, like you said, we both want to get you know get to our comfortable spots and watch the game. I might fall asleep and take a nap. I'm going on about three hours of sleep. I got home from work last night at 2 a.m., and I was up. Uh, about 5.30 this morning because I wanted to watch the Masters. Yes, I'm dedicated to golf. Go Tiger. You're not um, dedicated to the Trailblazers. Oh, I am. I am. I've worked for the team for 18 years on and off, and I'm very dedicated to them, but I am a little tired, so we will see what happens. <laughs> I, I think we're only going to have two shows, right, during the, the series. It'll be over before. Oh, she's talking trash. Um, We will see. We shall see. <laughs> We shall see. I'm not. Uh, I'm not so sold, and I don't share your opinion of that. But hey, we we will see what happens. Uh, we'll yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have this show, uh, and then next week's show. And and, possibly, and then, I think it would still be over, even if it went to Game Seven. It would still be over before. No, I don't think so. Let me look. I know where I can find out real quick. Hold on here. Because I'm pretty sure Game Four is next Sunday. Yeah, but it's not going to be. It's going to go a full. You know. Two weeks. It's going a full two weeks. So Game 7 would be theoretically the following Sunday, probably? Yeah, here's the schedule right now. So Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So yeah, two shows. So no matter what, we're guaranteed two shows. <laughs> and the best uh, and the best part about this, the Oklahoma City Game 4 is a, six, is a 7.30 tip your time, 6.30 mine. So we will have all day next Sunday to talk a lot of trash once we finally know how the series is going to be. So... <laughs> Uh, so everyone tune in for the next couple of shows because there's going to be this very love-hate oh, banter yeah. back and forth. <laughs> and this is a perfect time to tease our social media channel so you can follow us to follow along. Um, we are on Twitter at twitter.com slash weatherpodcast and on Instagram at the same thing, weatherpodcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash weather. Bonnie and I will be talking trash on our accounts and we will be talking trash on our personal accounts and then retweeting those accounts on the weather podcast account. So yeah, following all week as Bonnie and I decide to slam each other in our choices for basketball teams. <laughs> oh, and, and some, some of us make good choices and some of us don't. It's right. fine. And, and there'll be some weather mixed in there too. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll probably be a 50, 50 weather right. and sports for the next couple weeks. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Sweet. We'll hey, look, there's your boyfriend, Stephen Adams, on TV right now. There he is, watching him. So, you know. Um, so, so you, like, you like the guys with the, the – well, I'm you, just going to say that. Okay, fine. You like the guys with the ponytails? That's that's kind of your style? Yeah, and the facial hair, and tall, and with an accent. Okay. Noted. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, go Blazers. What type of guy do you like? I, I don't. Thanks. <laughs> I like the females. Preferably ones without facial hair and – yeah. <laughs> Ponytails, yes. Facial hair. Yeah, I'm done with a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> you you know some of my dating history. You you know what type of women I attract. So yeah, we're good. Well, you know what? Maybe you should like look at a thunder girl. You know. I, you know what? I would be okay to date a girl from Oklahoma City. Just saying. <laughs> Y'all had that southern hospitality and that accent. Yeah. Oh, our accents are not that attractive though. But yes. Okay. Well, if you say so. <laughs> well. We are going to go because, like I said, tip-off's coming up, and I am Bobby in Oregon. 
And I am Bonnie in Sandra up Oklahoma City. And we will talk to you guys from Weirip City next week. Uh, go Blazers. Thunder up. Go Thunder. Yeah. Uh, down with the Trailblazers. And we're going to win. You're going to lose. And we're going to win round one. All right. Well, good luck with that. And uh, Blazers win six games. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>